Well, thank you so much for joining us on Take 10. We come to you every week with a topic that we toss around. And over 10 minutes, we are able to not solve the problems of the world, but give you something to think about. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and then our Take 10 hotline from deep in Florida, Dr. Jamie Heisman, a nationally known psychotherapist and an expert on addictions and caregiving as well. So I'm going to take a little risk here and throw it to Carol to throw the topic out. Well, Ron, I am so glad that you mentioned risk because that is our topic for the day. Um, As, you know, throughout COVID and with vaccinations, there's a lot of talk about risk and how much risk are you willing to take if you've been vaccinated, if you haven't been vaccinated. But risk is something that caregivers deal with all the time, not just during a pandemic. You know, is a person safe at home? Should they be driving? Um, you know, there, there's there's risk that's being assessed all the time. And so I'm, Jamie, I was just wondering, you know, what what is risk in our brains? Uh, why does it raise red flags? You know, why are more people, some people are very attuned to risk. Some people don't really care, have a, a high, high tolerance for risk. What's going on with all the talk with risk? Well, it's a great topic, Carol. I'm sure we could do this for an hour. But I know we only have 10 minutes, but to, let's answer your first question. So developmentally risk is pretty much intertwined with self-esteem. You know how we talk about caregivers when their guilt is high, their self-esteem is usually like lower. And if they want to lower their guilt, they can raise their self-esteem. Well, that's pretty inverse kind of process is, is also there with risks that risks are really a factor. If you can take risks as a child, for instance, and you're in an unconditional loving environment, and your family just are the safety net, allowing you to do the high wire act and, and to do things, you then kind of build up this, this risk is connected to self-esteem. So the more risk you take as a child, the more you're allowed by your folks who don't over control you, the more your self-esteem goes up. So risk is also correlated in childhood with self-esteem. And I think we carry childhood with us as we become caregivers. If we haven't like we always say, intervened on the drama or trauma. We're doomed to recreate it. So we bring that lack of a risk taker sometimes in an over-controlled, somewhat dysfunctional home to our caregiving piece. But we don't know how important risk can be in developing our self-esteem. So the parent who is the helicopter parent who doesn't let their kids do anything. No, don't climb that tree. Be careful. Don't do it. Are we stunting their emotional maturity? You are, Ron, actually. Uh, I hate to be clear-cut, but I'm glad you asked me that clear-cut. Um, it happens in all families. And I always say to moms and dads when I'm dealing with families that literally the extent that your child, your daughter or your son can actually get away from you, literally, literally, logistically get away from you in footage, in an area, maybe go on a sleepover, whatever, the more they can get away from you, the higher Usually their self-esteem is the more you probably have allowed them to take risks as a child and the less likely having that sort of anxiety continue uh, that, that their parents aren't there, not going out. Chances are you probably have been a hover uh, dad or mom and have kept your child from taking necessary risks. So that means for those of us of a certain age, when our parents said, be home at sundown, and you know, when we used to just run the neighborhood as kids, that was actually a good thing. Yeah, I knew you were wild in the streets, Carol. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Now it's coming out. Go with that feeling. Uh, <laughs> that's well, true. 
Well, well um, so think about, you know, somebody asked the other day about some smart house technology. Um, and so there's risk. You've got mom, dad lives alone and you want to fill the house with mm. technology, tells you how many times they go to the bathroom, when mm. they get up, if they've opened the front door. So talk a little bit about that risk assessment, you know, in your head with this need to know everything. Well, I think it's great that you bring that up and it kind of corrects me and allows me to talk to caregivers, frankly, because it, just like a child, uh, you know, just like we as parents are trying to gauge the cognitive level of our child and how much risk they can actually take, what they can literally do on their own, which should be something innate in being a mom or dad, of course, is to feel how much your child can be let out on the kite. So should caregivers think about that in terms of a risk assessment with their loved ones at home. Meaning, obviously, if there's cognitive impairment, if the person has a possible disability and is living with maybe nobody or, or somebody, these are factors you do need to take care of in your mind. It's not like working with a child that you can they can develop a repertoire of risk-taking behavior to become a self-esteem. Because literally, as I mentioned to you, moms and dads, like I think that's what we are, is, is a safety net for our children to take risks. Whereas when you become older as an adult, no longer is that safety net that sort of metaphor uh, applicable because there really is no safety net. So you do have to be clear as to the assessment in your mind of what your loved one can handle technologically, try to meet it where it needs to be met and not quite thinking as if it's a child. Let me take a moment to let those who just joined us know you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host Carol Zerniel and Dr. Jamie Heisman. We're talking about risk and risk taking and is it innate that some people, Dr. Jamie, are risk preferers and some are not? I think, again, this is, you know, you, you're talking to a shrink, Ron. So, unfortunately, I always think things are a childhood issue that we develop neurologically our brains. And usually the time we can look at is zero to 10. Obviously, it's reinforced later in adolescence. But I do think that we become more risk adverse based upon how our behavior was reinforced or how we kind of were as a child, that when our folks felt healthy enough to allow us to take those risks, we felt healthy enough to take them. I think we're less risk adverse later, have higher confidence and better self-esteem into doing what Carol's talking about, taking chances. I guess the caveat is the chance you don't want to take is is with your loved one, the senior, if they, of course, have have natural disabilities that you need to, to attend to. Well, when you were talking about risk and, and assessing, you know, safety in the home, you know, there's there's probably a medium place. If someone has cognitive impairment, the risks are different because they're not thinking clearly or able to think clearly to someone who isn't cognitively impaired, where maybe we need to get permission. We need to have a conversation about weighing the risks of how much supervision goes on um, in that home for the older person. Wow. This is great. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's the, the take home feeling here that we always need to push up to push to our, our listeners is let's face it. Um, we don't want to create learned helplessness. The last thing we want to do. So you really have to be clear as to the, the, the level cognitive function or disability your loved one has, because we tend, like Ron says, to be the hover parent. And I think we as caregivers can be the hover caregiver as well. And what we do is we rob somebody of their self-esteem. And then we do that with Alzheimer and neurologically challenged p- patients too, because they can do a whole lot that we don't know. And we just can smother them. And, and, and then what we do is we do rob their self-esteem or ability to show and meet us halfway. And then what occurs is this learned helplessness and 
then you cater to them and you've really created this situation in operant conditioning. Yeah, so learned helplessness. Sure. We we talked to somebody who um, actually snuck into a, a an assisted living and lived there as a journalist. Ron will remember this, and they talked about that was their takeaway was the learned helplessness that nobody would let them self direct. And that that's why uh, caregivers need to take their oxygen first, because as a hero child, come out of place trying to hero things, get rid of, you know, we think we can cure the cancer in front of us. We think we can put the cape on and the silver. Caregivers notoriously do that. And that's why taking our oxygen or taking care of ourselves centers us on two feet, knowing that we can just bear witness, do the best we can. But what we're doing, if we, if we put that cape on, we're robbing the other person of, of really self-esteem and their life. Onto, you know, as we know it. And when people have those cognitive shortcomings, let's say, uh, how do you know what the limits are? How far can you let them go? Well, I, I think, Carol, you can probably do this, the caregiver SOS, and you're a gerontologist too. I really believe you can assess properly, not by me, not a layperson or, or a psychologist. I think you should bring a geriatric care manager in possibly to do an assessment, to see the level of functioning, to know what the area, if you obviously staying at home is optimum. And I think we always need help in, in ascertaining that. So, but Carol, obviously you probably have great resources that people can tap into. Well, I agree. And we do have tools. There are tools that measure safety. There are tools that measure, um, you know, health. So yes, Talk with a professional if you've got questions about safety of someone in your home. That's perfect. We'll leave it right there. Dr. Jamie Heisman, Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us on Take 10. 